0: future
1: we're talking real money hi everybody it's don i'm back in virginia but not for long (laughs) i guess that that makes this my last va q a because uh we've sold our virginia house and uh, we're going to stay in our florida house did real well got more than we asked, so i'm happy sort of Welcome to the program. Glad you're there. I'm Don McDonald, and today is uh, Friday. So that means it's often a QA and a day, today being no exception because we have lots of cues, and so uh, I better get to A-ing. And uh, you sent most of these in. It's interesting. We get the vast majority of our questions now through TalkingRealMoney.com, com on the contact form and we're getting a lot more of them recorded through your computer and i think that's a that's a zoom thing as more and more people have gotten used to using their computers to communicate you're now more comfortable recording by speaking into your computer microphone and the 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 questions do sound better than the phone calls 2855 talk So keep sending them in. It's great. We love the questions. I've got a ton of them. So let's get right to the first one.
2: Hello. I'm wondering if there's a way that I could start saving, investing for my daughter. I'm not um, very fluent with this. Uh, We have always invested through our 401ks. Thank you.
1: Hmm, investing for a child. Well, you didn't give me a lot to go on, so I'll give you some general rules of thumb. First, it really depends on what the money's for. If this is money for education, then it's very different. Uh, You want to probably invest through a 529 plan. Uh, One of the better ones, one that we like, is in Utah. That's at my529.com. We don't get compensated in any way, shape, or form for that. If it's for your child's long-term education, if it's for your child's long-term use, you know, buying a house or, uh, or even longer term for retirement, then we're in, into a couple of different areas, too. Uh, if it's general money that you're giving a child who has no earned income, then the typical way money is given to children is through a uniform gift to minors account. And you just set that up with a brokerage firm, a mutual fund company, whomever it might be. You fund that, and then that money becomes the child's at the age of majority. The other option, the one for retirement, which we love, is only applicable for a child who has earned income. And that is income for which they get a 1099 or a W-2 that they report on a 1040. If you have a child who has a job, then you have a wonderful opportunity to set them up for a glorious retirement by taking whatever it is they make and matching that. So if they make $1,000 over a summer, instead of giving them a Christmas gift, a birthday present that's fancy, put $1,000 into their Roth IRA. Because if you do that and you get them in the habit of doing that, then there's little doubt that they're going to retire really, really comfortably. So there's some ideas. Um, If you want to call us with more information, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Now let's get to our next question.
3: Hey guys, thanks for all you do. I have a question today about my investment strategy. I'm 50% AVUV, 33% AVDV, and 17% AVEM I scored an 89 on the risk quiz. I make 50k and I save 20% of that. So that's why I feel like I have to be really aggressive with my allocation so that I have what I need 30 years from now. I don't need the money for 30 years by the way. So, you know, if if investing is supposed to be as exciting as watching grass grow, I don't see a problem with losing 60%, especially temporarily that is, especially if it bounces back quicker, then a large cap blend or large cap value or even small cap blend according to Chris Patterson even though the small cap value draws down deeper it bounces back quicker which is kind of less risky in some ways um, you know and when i get to my late 60s i might add some bonds if i'm not as cool with what i have now so what i'm kind of what i want to ask today is is my allocation wrong even if i'm going all small cap with those three funds is that an okay allocation Second question: Am I crazy <laughs> for is this? Have you ever, you know, is this common for people to have this kind of investment strategy? And when, I, lastly, when I get to retirement, uh, am I going to need some other funds, maybe like a Lindex or QSPRX or maybe XILSX or et cetera? or am I cool with just those equities I mentioned from Avantis and some bonds? Thank you, guys. I appreciate your expertise.
1: Well, sir, yours is. A very aggressive portfolio. 89 on the risk quiz means that you are certainly capable of taking on that kind of risk. What he has is uh, Avantis small cap value, Avantis international small cap value, and Avantis emerging markets. Uh, Wow, 60%? I'd say you could suffer an 80% decline. I think it could happen. I hope you're comfortable with that because it's going to scare the living daylights out of you. Is your allocation wrong? I think it's too aggressive. I could, I would not be comfortable being that aggressive. So, um, Are you crazy? No, you're not crazy. You're just aggressive. Um, are you going to need other funds? I think you're going to need a broader portfolio diversification, but that means large cap. That means small cap growth that means large internationals that means developed markets that may mean some real estate because it's a serious asset class as far as the lendex and the aqr fund and all the stuff you mentioned those are all alternative funds and i don't believe and i don't think tom does either that you really need alternative funds plus they're ridiculously expensive so, I mean, I'd broaden your portfolio, I think, but I would broaden it overweight small, overweight emerging markets, but I would have more diversification into the large eventually, and then maybe bonds eventually. Uh, again, you can send your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form, or you can call us at 855 935 TALK, 855 935 8255. Next call. Next question. Hey, Don and Tom. This is Matthew in California.
4: I'm in the military and have about seven years to go before I will be eligible for retirement. I expect my pension will cover my living expenses or at least come close, so I'll be free to pursue whatever I want as a second career. About a year ago, I discovered a passion for personal finance and investing. I have also always enjoyed helping and teaching others. One post-military career I'm considering is financial planning. What are some good resources with information about the profession and how to get started in it? If I choose to go that route, what are some things I could do as I approach retirement to set myself up for a smooth transition and to get an entry-level position at a firm like Vestry? I know a lot can change in seven years, but right now I think financial planning might be a good fit for me as a second career. Thanks for all you do to help and educate us. Take care.
1: Bye. We get this question. Pretty regularly. Um, and here's the thing. We've talked to tons of people who want to work with Vestery, And we've actually hired a few who wanted to be planners. But there's something you need to take into consideration. Planning and managing people's money are way different things. Two different, distinctly often distinctly different personalities. It's great when we can find both together. But the, the, to really be a great financial advisor, you have to be both very analytical and really love working with people. Just be a serious people person. You got to be both. Um, Otherwise, your best bet is probably to go work for. A, a wall street firm or a bank or something doing behind the scenes planning services uh, so if, if you've got that a great people skill set and you have some experience under your belt some training under your belt in financial planning and investment advice I would suggest you uh, you go out and you study for this it's a test called the series 65. There are study guides available online. There are classes available online. Uh, and then find a firm when you get out for whom you might like to work. Apply and tell them you're going to sit for your 65 and that you just want to start. Here's what you really want to get started. Then you want to start doing the grunt work. You want to start in the back office. We have, in, we have uh, moved people up into financial advisory roles. Who had no experience? Who started in the in the back office, and then you know, they, in in a support capacity, helping do trades, client services, that kind of stuff, and then move on up into uh, advisory roles until they become become a senior advisor. So it it's done a lot. Uh, there is demand for those positions for people to fill those positions, but again, it's a combo skill set. It's both the, the analytics and the people because the people are. Actually, the people part of the job is probably more important. A nice degree in psychology wouldn't hurt because there's more—there's actually more psychology to it than money management. But uh, it's a great field. I tell you, I really love the field. And I feel like I do things that are uh, of, of great value for society by helping people get their money managed properly. Thank you very much for stopping in.
3: Hi, Don and Tom. This is Jason from Music City. I was curious about dividend investing in retirement. I always hear people talking about using dividend ETFs to generate income in retirement. And I was curious why someone would choose to use that strategy versus just owning a broader market index, including international, and creating your own dividend from that. Should I adjust my portfolio to to include some dividend ETFs or stick with what I got going on so far, which is a much more broader, diversified portfolio with U.S. international small cap
1: companies. Thank you again for all that you do. Look forward to hearing from you. Ignore the noise. It's a lot of noise. People are always looking for the latest hot bit of advice. And with interest rates low on bonds and fixed income securities of all kinds, the the big thing now is to suggest high-dividend-paying ETFs or stocks or mutual funds. Well, high-dividend-paying stocks have very similar risk to non-high-paying dividend stocks. And generally speaking, the dividend is in lieu of growth, to some extent anyway. So as you said, you can get it another way without so much focused risk. You're focusing on just one type of stock when you buy high-dividend stocks. With your strategy, broadly diversified portfolio, growth and value, U.S. and international, stocks and bonds, you get broad diversification which we believe, and the evidence points to this being true, reduces volatility. And volatility reduction, when you have massive diversification, is basically the definition of risk. Because you can't lose everything, so what's your risk? Volatility. You have a much better strategy than these people. They're just looking for the latest hot thing. I find that it helps Not to listen to too many people or watch too much stuff. Matter of fact, I don't watch CNBC or Fox Business at all. Uh, I read the Wall Street Journal, but I skip anybody who's talking about the latest hot strat. Well, no, I take that back. I read them so that I can inform you about them, but I don't take them to heart. Ignore them. All right, let's do one more before we call this a podcast. 855-935-TALK is our number, or send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com.
2: Hi, Tom and Don. This is Valerie from sunny Oakland, California. Thank you so much for your great show. I love the car talk-ish banter. It's great. And I have learned so much. I have a beginner question. Um, I have a stock um, in Honeywell that my stepfather bought for me decades ago And it's worth a little over $6,000. And and from what I've learned from you guys is that holding investments in one stock is not especially helpful. So I would like to sell it and open my first Vanguard account um, based on the diversification recommendations that you guys have talked about as well as Paul Merriman. Um, Here's my stupid question. Um, I assume when I sell it, I'll have to pay capital gains question Um, or is there a way that I can move it from the stocks and roll it over into a mutual or index fund? I'm, I'm not clear about that part. Um, So it's very specific question. Uh, Any suggestions that you would have for me would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much.
1: Well, yours is a very good question. And look, you got a nice little bit of seed money to start with. But since it, ta- since it was given to you a long time ago, you're going to have to pay taxes. There's no way around it. Taxes are the price we pay for making money. The only way you get out of paying taxes is to not make any money. Or put it in a Roth IRA. But it wasn't, so... Would we, well, I would suggest getting out of Honeywell and diversifying. I think it's a great opportunity for you to sell that thing, pay the taxes. I don't know what your cost basis is. You'll need to figure that out. Uh, but remember, the tax rate for capital gains as of now is lower than your income bracket. So it won't be that big a bite. You, you're probably not looking at more than a thousand bucks in taxes, leaving you with a nice round $5,000 to put in a. Uh, an ETF like VT or something similar to that and get your long-term investing started on the right path because you want that diversification. Instead of owning a stock, you'll own 8,800 stocks or more. So yeah, I would, uh, I would just take my lumps, pay your taxes, be happy you made money, it was just found money, and now you can get it working for you in a, a better way, we believe. Thanks so much for your questions. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and listening. Wow, our audience is just growing like crazy. I really appreciate you. And by the way, if you need bigger, more complex help, we do offer it to everybody at our firm, Vestory, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm. We will help anybody with a particular situation, getting a plan started, understanding what you own, how much you paid for it, Um uh, trying to get you out of a hodgepodge of portfolio, whatever it might be, just set up an appointment at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004. Thanks for being there. Tell your friends. Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonough.
0: Talking Real Money. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.